0: Hello everyone, it's Luke here, uh, recording a Sky Sports fantasy football podcast. Similar to the ones I've done in the past, really, where it's just essentially a thought dump, some initial price thought reaction. Um haven't had much time to look at the game until now, actually, um, and thought I'd better do one. Um, I'm gonna try and make it as quick as I possibly can. I'm conscious that I witter on sometimes, so <laughs> try to spare you from that if, if I can. Um, also some general sort of just structure things I'm thinking about, um, I don't want to spend this pod talking about the very best picks in the game, I think they're usually pretty obvious, uh, I like to try and find the cheaper enablers and stuff that can help us to build that squad um, inevitably I'm going to end up talking about players who just aren't an option yet um, but could be if their expected minutes goes up um, because I think some of the prices are kind in this area across the across the game I do really like the fact that it's harder to make a good team this year, personally. Uh, It looks like it. And we mustn't forget that, um, this is probably the first learning point actually for me, is that the, uh, the overhaul is pretty much bang in the middle. It's after game week 16, so you can round that up, I think, and basically say every team plays each other once. So in some areas that you're not looking to spend transfers, do you care about fixtures? Yes, there's three games difference. Um, but is that much in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. Um, you know, so that's food for thought. Don't be put off by picking, you know, one of these enablers because they've got bad games. If you don't want to spend transfers there, yes, we've got 50, so you could do it. Then, um, yeah, I think, I think we should crack on. Um, that's the way I'm going to kind of look at it to be honest. And I'm glad they got rid of that first overhaul. Um, let's get into it. I don't want to make it super long. So we're going to start with goalkeepers. And there'll be lots of players in this entire list actually that I will miss, don't have just haven't talked about. Don't assume that that's because they're a bad option, I just don't have enough time to talk about everyone. Uh, and I will hold my hands up and say from the promoter clubs, my knowledge is very limited, I just go off of what people say, what I've seen on websites, stuff like that. I don't pretend to be any sort of expert when it comes to that at all. Um, yeah, so uh, if you have greater knowledge of the clubs of the championships and stuff, feel free to apply it. Um, I'm just going to come right out and say for the goalkeepers I either like right at the top or right at the bottom and from what I can see 6.5 million is the bottom price that you can pay for a starting goalkeeper all three promoted goalkeepers are 6.5 million same price I think I think that's right also Sam Johnston is 6.5 million now I don't know whether he will start the season as Palace's is number one I do think he's a much better keeper than Vicente Guita um, so he might become it at some point or start who knows Again, I don't bothered about the fixtures particularly. Um, the fact that there's four goalkeepers at that price, usually if you go for the cheapest one, obviously the benefits are obvious, right? You get to spend the rest of the money in your team. So although it looks limited on flexibility that way, because goalkeeper is actually a good position to use transfers on in, in single game days, in my experience. You obviously gain that flexibility back with the rest of your team. But this year, it looks like we've got four goalkeepers who are 6.5 million where Dean Henderson's probably the more safe one um, from Forrest. But Johnston, considering he's part of a defence that was in the top echelons for expected goals against, they should have got far more clean sheets than they did. They actually did. Um, he seems very underpriced to me compared to the three promoted ones. I think when goalkeepers get two extra points for a clean sheet, the saves isn't as important, personally. So... I think he's the standout pick there. And I would go over very cheap to one of them with the knowledge that you could move on to one of the others if you wanted to. Um, I think that's a good option. Or alternatively, you go for the very top, which is Allison and Edison. Um, That's where I'm currently going and that's where I want to go. It just depends. We're so far away from the start of the season, aren't we? So signings, injuries, etc. The fitness levels of some of these players and teams are going to dictate... All sorts of different changes since this pod. This is on the 21st of July, so quite a way away. But if I can, I want Alisson or Edison, basically, because I think that the money you pay there, you get back in those clean sheets. Alisson makes a lot more saves. Edison's got a lot stronger data for the clean sheets. Obviously gives you that option for a Nailed Man City player as well, which is arguably a rare thing. So although Alisson outscored him because he makes the more saves, usually, I don't think that's necessarily a given. I think Edison could just get a lot more clean sheets than him potentially again um, and it gives you that nailed option so there's some game theory there as well I think so Alisson or Edison or right down the right down the bottom the added benefit of going for the super expensive goalkeeper is obviously that you can then transfer to Wayney goalkeeper in the game for an individual match day if they are that team's best option um, you know, again you don't want to spend too many transfers there I wouldn't have thought but goalkeepers do well so Right at the top, right at the bottom, I think there's options like Raya and Sanchez in the middle that look obvious and they've got good fixtures to start. But um, that doesn't really concern me. I think the benefit of having the very best option in a very good position with that flexibility to go to anyone is good. And I think having the very bottom option with alternatives if it fails to give the flexibility in the rest of your squad is also very viable. So that's my thoughts on goalkeepers. Defenders uh, start at the very bottom again not going to talk too much about the championship defenders and stuff, I just don't, like Omar Richards Nico Williams, they could be alright options but this is Sky, this is a very important position and ultimately they're not going to keep that many clean sheets in my opinion so I don't really think they are options I think the first defender that from what I can see that I would be reasonably happy to have in my team would be Dan Byrne at 7.1 million he used to get passing at Brighton, doesn't really happen at Newcastle, he should probably have more of a goal for it, given his size can score the old one, but that's never really materialised. But Newcastle, probably going to be a solid outfit again and, and do okay. Consistent to clean sheets at home usually, pretty good at them. So he's an alright pick at 7.1. I think he's quite popular. Um, probably not going there myself, but I think he's probably the first one I'd be reasonably happy to have. The next little bracket, um, well, I'll just talk about one actually, Justin, 7.3. Um, for me, again, it just comes down to the expected minutes here. If he is going to start and play every game, there's no Europe for Leicester. A lot of rotation last year. Defense was horrific last year. Absolutely, can things change? The defense was better than that previously. Yeah, I think they can change. They get a lot, a lot more luck with injuries, just general luck, more coaching. You know, another year on to some of these younger options. Uh, and no Europe, then absolutely. Seven point three million looks a good price if he's playing. Wouldn't start with him because I don't know he's playing. Um, but. He's very good for bonus whenever he's been involved in the game. So he's very appealing. One thing I probably should have mentioned right at the start, actually, is from a structure point of view or just a flexibility point of view, I think as I start at the bottom, work up these defenders. And let's say I mention one, you think, yeah, I'd be quite happy with that person. I think you want at least that to happen two or three times before you get to a guy that maybe you really like and you go, yeah, okay, that's one I I probably am going to pick. And make sure that those two or three options below him that you can go to. Um, in case it goes Pete Tong, you don't want to be in a position really where you're spending two or three transfers to sort an issue. And these players are cheap because generally there's probably some sort of issue around them, unless Sky the have just balls up the pricing, which is always possible. Um, it's almost an insurance, right? So I wouldn't go straight in with Burn at 7.1 because I don't really see where else I'd want to go from that without making two transfers if that is catastrophic or he just gets injured. Um, you know, Justin 7.3, yeah, could work, could be brilliant might be terrible then I've got only really got Dan Burn to go down to mm, so I'm not quite happy yet so that's the point I think once you get to a level where you think okay there's a few options below where I think I could go there that's the kind of way I try to look at it if I can it doesn't always work out that way in theory because you might change other positions in your team and free up money but it's nice to have that general structure and um, I think getting your, your team right at the very beginning is even more important this year because we don't have that three or four week game overhaul where we can react to the fixtures and the um and, and what's happened in the first three or four weeks, right? So I think getting that that structure early uh, right and the team correct is all important so we can use those transfers on the on the heavy impact ones um, later on. And don't be fooled, just because you've got 50, you can be you know, super willy-nilly with them. Um, yes, there might be less game days, less doubles and stuff, but don't be fooled that there's very, very good players in this game that will know how to utilise those transfers very effectively. Um So, yeah, you want to get it right. Um, Where was I? Just in 7.3. Saliba is 7.4. Now, Arsenal fans seem to want him to play. He seems to be playing very well wherever he's been, and he's playing very well in pre-season. He's potentially a game-breaking price. We've been here before with him. Um, I can only assume it would be Ben White that he would oust, because Gabriel seems pretty nailed. Um, If it was to happen. So, if we get signs that he's going to start and he's going to be the main man, then you know he's a he's a he's a player who Arsenal don't always get passing bonus. They're actually just below the sixty quite often, but their fixtures are good enough where you think maybe I think he's pretty good on the ball. So it's really just an extremely appealing price for a, you know a decent defence with decent fixtures to begin the season. Um, you know it's potentially like a bit of a game breaker. Um, I don't know enough to say whether he's going to start, so I'm not going to go there unless it's very clear. Um, but it's just certainly one to keep an eye out for. Webster is kind of a, a little bit similar, I suppose. Maybe not potentially as game-breaking, but he is a very good option, I think, at 7.4 million. We shouldn't be put off by last season. The only bit that does put me off about last season is that when he got his injury, he didn't really play all the games that I would expect him to play in the back end of the season. I don't know whether he was being managed or he's maybe fallen out of favour. We know that Potter likes to rotate, um, but generally, I think Webster's a very good player. I was very surprised about that. So, their fixtures are good to start the season. He will get passes and tackles every now and then. Um, so again, he's another pretty safe, reliable option, I think, as long as we can rely on those expected minutes, which we just don't know yet. So again, it's probably one where I'm still not 100% happy to go there, but he's very. He, it does look a very appealing price. Next, we go to Fafana at 7.5 million. I actually really like this one. Um, he's He's been godly whenever he actually plays. In terms of bonus points, On the cusp of passing or just overpassing, quite often tackles as well. Obviously, player profile age wise, very good. Similar, it's kind of similar to the James Justin thing. Um, you know, Leicester defence wasn't great, but 7.5 for him. If he can nail that spot down, which I assume he will, I think he's probably their best centre back now. Um, you know, and, and we can avoid all this rotation that was happening then that looks good. I I think he's probably going to start every game that he's fit and available for. That might be brave. Um, But there's only so long you can manage someone after an injury, right? It's quite a while since he's come back now. So I'd like to think he starts at 7.5 million. And he does offer you the bonus. You know, Sky, if you can get a cheap centre-back who offers you clean sheets and passing bonus regularly, they're often the holy grail. Usually, if you can get them from the very top teams, then obviously they are ridiculous. Like Matip last season, um, you know Rudiger, Laporte were too cheap. Now this is a slight bracket below that, but he's a good enabler. You don't want, for me, you don't want too many enablers in defence, but you probably have to maybe find one or two because the game's a little bit harder. So in and amongst your Van Dyks, your Cancelos, you know your Diaz, Laporte, whoever else you have in the back, that's a top option. For Farnham, might be one of the ones where you can pick a sort of budget option. And then, like i already mentioned, you have got Webster 7.4, Saliva 7.4, Justin Byrne. You've probably got a few options below where maybe at least one of them is probably going to be decent. So I quite like him. Trippier at 7.8. He does well for tackles. He's not going to get your passing bonus. His obviously main appeal for me is that he can score goals. Um, Probably going to score a few across the season from free kicks, maybe one from open play, take some set pieces. It seems a pretty cheap price um so yeah he's he's interesting at 7.8 for definite Are newcastle gonna get enough clean sheets that's debatable you know he's for at 7.5 just gonna outscore him because he's racking those bonus points up most weeks maybe but like i said trips was good for tackles so it's a decent price he's interesting um he's the same price as doherty at 7.8 and romero at 7.8 i think romero is close to a no-brainer at seven point eight. point i think he's gonna be gonna very popular because he is Obviously, for a team that could get 10 to 15 clean sheets, maybe more. You know, he is going to get you passing bonus a lot. Um, and tackles, he's good at those. He's going to pick up cards as well, definitely. Um, but he's just a very, very safe and solid pick. Probably a slight upgrade on Fofana, maybe. I think those two, Fofana and Romero, are very, very appealing. Um, Doherty at 7.8 is obviously the far fast sexy one. I do think he's going to start a right wing back. And that's more for goals. He ain't going to get you anything else. Um... But could you start with Doherty because you think he's going to start the season, then observe whether Romero, Trippier, Fafana, Webster, Saliba are playing, and then maybe move off of them, uh, Doherty, when or even when he starts to rotate or whatever happens with him? Um, maybe I think the fixtures are good enough where you could probably do that. So he's another really nice one, I think, to think about. Um, we move up to the next bracket of 8 million, which is uh, Palace centre backs, Gay and Anderson. They're just quite solid. Again, I think you're going to get passing bonus quite often with those. Don't worry about the fixtures, like I said. If you're just going to leave that person in, that's fine. Um, Not particularly sexy, but they should have got a lot more clean sheets. I've already mentioned it when I spoke about the goalkeepers. So I do think they are nice picks there. Um, Zinchenko is also £8 and I see a lot of hype around him at the moment. Um, I'm not overly keen myself. Like I think I may have him. It's the fact that you probably think he plays in midfield for Arsenal, right? and then probably covers at left-back when Tierney gets injured. Now, his passing numbers are, ex- are very, very good when he plays, um, but when he looks at the Arsenal team, Tierney was averaging 35 passes per 90 in left-back. So if he goes in at left-back, is he suddenly going to like double that? He's pro- He might get more because he's good on the ball and stuff, maybe, but is he suddenly going to hit passing bonus at that position? I'm not so sure. It's more about the system and the players around them, isn't it? Um, I would say. If he goes into centre midfields, um, you know, the centre midfielders for Arsenal were hitting just below 60. You know, Even like Elneny was like 58-59 or something from when I looked, and he was the best in the whole of the Arsenal team for passes. So if he goes into that Xhaka role, can he hit 60 in passing bonus in the good games? Yeah, he probably can. Is he consistently going to hit it? I don't know. Arteta's talking up his flexibility as well. Where is he actually going to play? Is it going to be centre midfield? Is it going to be left back? Is it going to be in the up front positions or on the wing occasionally? Is it going to be part of a, a three at the back system or whatever? I think this versatility might work a little bit against him. And I'm not utterly convinced he does get the passing. So he can get tackles and stuff. He's okay there. Could he get the odd assist? Yeah. He looks an, appe- he looks an appealing player and they've got good fixtures. But I'm just wondering if there's a little bit more to it than that. Could we end up with a player here who is getting you two pointers? Because Arsenal won't keep, might not keep a clean sheet. And he just doesn't hit anything else. He's just below passing all the time. I think that's a possibility. So a little bit sceptical, but also a little bit excited. <laughs> it's strange on that one. Um... Uh, Lenglet at 8.1. I think it's quite interesting. I don't know enough to know whether he will be the starting centre-back, but from what I sort of got the vibe from, is it will be Romero, Romero, Dyer, and uh, Lenglet eventually as a back three. I think there's an argument, if all three of those are starting, that they're all regularly going to be hitting in and around passing and, like I say, will do well for clean sheets. So you could look at one of those all-or-nothing all situations here. I don't particularly like doing it in defence for the reasons I've mentioned. There's too many other good, expensive picks, but it's an interesting angle. It could be like a B-team thing, right, where you just pick triple spurs or even add Doherty to that and put put him in as well. So you have maybe four. Um you know, Perisic is also extremely cheap, but he's not on my list to talk about because he's obvious, but um, not sure about his minutes and stuff for Sky. But you could argue that putting a back five in for Spurs with a B team and just seeing what happens could end up being quite fruitful. Um, i say B team, like a second team and all or nothing. And if they do absolutely smash it, which happened in past seasons, then you can obviously start managing that team properly or whatever, um, or just leave it in if it's doing extremely well. But yeah, they're, they're interesting, the Spurs boys. I think they're... Out of all the players, really, like in general, the team, sorry, I think that Spurs' assets are probably been priced a little bit less than what they should be across the board. Hasn't really adjusted for the potential in Sky, and then obviously with Conte coming in. Um, So, yeah, they're definitely ones to look out for. Uh, Let's go to Martinez at 8.3, new signing for Manchester United. I know they were banter last year, but that is quite a cheap price for a centre-back. If the defence can be sorted, I don't know much about him, but seeing as though he comes from the Dutch league, I think, uh, and we've got a Dutch manager. You like to think that he'll try to get people to actually pass the ball. And let's not forget that you know Man United centre backs, even under various managers, have managed to get passing bonus quite often. Um, Lindelof is actually cheaper than him, but don't know who plays out of them. I expect Martinez as the new signing will play, um, and there'll be one of Maguire or Lindelof with him. It's just a nice price, like a reasonable price, if. If, um, yeah, he's in the, the calibre of a lot of the other players I've just talked below. I don't think he's better than any of them to start with, but he's one to watch out for, I guess, to see see how that's working. Uh, Stones is one I do want to talk about, 8.9 million. I've skipped a few here. There's Cucurella, other people that I'm just not going to talk about them because we, it depends on how they move and stuff. Um, Stones at 8.9. Um, I think he's actually got the best points per million of any player in the game last season uh, when you adjust for the new prices so the year before that he was obviously part of the team that got 10 clean sheets out of 11 or whatever it was and scored like a brace in that run like whenever he touches the pitch he is godly in this game absolutely godly Um, yeah there's some there's some injury doubts about Laporte that we found out today Diaz is ill um, I don't think you know it's just it's an absolute certain that it'll just be laporte and Diaz. i think stones was fantastic last season you don't know do you the point is this has happened with man city centre backs a lot you think you know you think you know you know laporte's out of the picture then suddenly he's the main man you know ds was the main man then he he started to get dropped every now and then and then picked up an injury stones has formed ridiculous partnerships at various points it's just another one to look out for he could quite easily start the season the way it's going um and he could just keep that position because that's how Pep rolls a lot of the time. You know, if you stay in there and you perform well, he'll leave you in there. He is at that price where it is potentially game breaking, like I already said, very much so. He's, you know, Rudiger was about the same price last year. You know, if you if you've got the equivalent really of him um in a better defence, who are even better for their passing numbers, you know, far better than Rudiger in fact. Um, you are absolutely laughing. So he is definitely one to look out for. Um, again, when you don't want to waste transfers, there's that risk element. You don't want to base your team around it where you've got him and then it becomes a problem. You need to you know, sort it out. I wouldn't have him as your only Man City centre-back is what I'm saying, or only, only Man City defender. Um, I think he could be in, in addition, and we've already discussed there's lots of guys below that you could move to. But it's, it's one for probably the people with more of a risk appetite. But he's interesting. He's worth talking about because he's probably not in many people's thoughts. And we've seen, you know, with Matip and others, you know, these players that centre backs that play for the top teams that are priced as if they are backup. If they suddenly become the main man, then it's just an absolute no-brainer. Like they're they're way too cheap. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely one for the for. Um, <laughs> the dreamers so I was distracted while I was reading at the same time how long have we been going um okay it doesn't even tell me we'll move on we'll move on midfielders guys let's get to midfield um okay so starting at the bottom working up I come to Palinia at 6.6 million I don't know anything about him all apart from what I've been told which has been he's been signed for Fulham I'm hoping I've got the right guy and he's got good tackle numbers um feels a Kind of a little bit like Seri when he signed Fulham, who actually was a decent pick um, for a very short time, and then he fell off a cliff and stopped playing for them. Um, but yeah, he seems like the first one that I would come to where I think, mm, okay, maybe I could stick him in, might get twos and four pointers, and it's what it enables elsewhere. Obviously, you're not going to big him up too much, but um, yeah, I, I'm not particularly a fan right now because I just don't know enough about it. But he he I've seen a few other people talking about him. I think um, Gibbs White from Wolves, 6.6 as well. Um, a lot of talk about him. Wolves players, Wolves fans really want him to play. Apparently, he's playing very well in pre-season. Obviously, played well out on loan. Um, will he get the opportunity? That's the thing. I don't know. If he does get the opportunity, it looks quite appealing because he looks like a good player. But we must remember, there's no man on the match this year. Is he going to get passes? I wouldn't have thought so. Is he going to get tackles? Mm, the odd one, but you can't rely on it. So really, I need him to be scoring and assisting because he's not going to be picking up the bonus like Palina. So is he going to score and assist enough to be worth it as an enabler and play enough minutes? I'm sceptical. Um, so yeah, one to look out for. If he's playing every game, then we'll have to look at him, I guess, in some way, shape or form. Um, but he's probably going to need you know, an attacking return sort of every five, six weeks to justify it. Maybe a little bit less than that, but... Um, doesn't seem entirely possible at this point, but you never know, do you? you never know. Uh, let's talk about Phillips at seven million for Man City. Obviously, moved from Leeds, similar to the vein of Stones. It's just a game-breaking price if he actually is playing for them. Um, they could revert to two DMs and play Rodri and Phillips this season. If that happens, everyone's going to have him. It's going to be a debate. You know, he's going to hit five points every week, pretty much as a minimum. Um, but more likely, he's you know just going to fill in for Rodri, I would have thought, or whenever he's injured, or um, just come on in game. So he's he's not an option yet, unless we get told otherwise that that's Pep's plan. Um, but if Rodri breaks his leg or whatever, God bless him, then Phillips in at seven million. I mean that's that everyone will have him, won't they? There, there won't even be a question there. You know, Rodri is nine point one. He's obviously oh, is it nine point one, nine point three, something like that. Um, and I was even considering him at that price. Yeah, nine point one. I think he is a good option. Um, you know, Phillips is two point one million and, and basically filling the same role. I'm not saying he's gonna do as well as Rodri, but he could not you know come not too far off of it. So yeah. Uh let's move on because he's doesn't seem to be an option yet. Billing at seven point one, and I think the general point here this as I move forward through the next, so billing seven point one, John uh Johnson seven point two from Forrest, Pereira seven point two from Fulham now, move from Man United, and Wilson seven point two from Fulham? I would even probably just go up a bracket to Lewis Potter at 7.5 for Brentford. Now, again, he's a new signing. Looked, played all the minutes, as far as I'm aware, in the championships. Very, looks a very good player. Is he going to play? Not sure. But all of these guys here, Lewis Potter, Wilson, Pereira, Johnson, Billing, I think that's a decent sort of price bracket there, that maybe you can go with one of those, and then which if it doesn't work, you move to the one that does work. I think there's potential in all of those guys. You know, they're not bonus heads. I mean, Pereira might get tackles every now and then. Um, I think some of these guys have got share of set pieces. That like Pereira took some set pieces. I know Wilson's definitely got set pieces in an attacking team, uh, or at least an attacking team in the championship. So I think they will pick up scraps. They will pick up bits and bobs, and I say it's quite low risk because you can just go to whichever ones. Um, actually a decent option in the end and he's, and he's playing, you never know how these players are going to make the step up or if they're going to sign other people or whatever, but I think there's there's options there, all of them, I think at the moment Johnson seems to be the favourite. I think Forrest have probably got the best fixtures out of everyone um, pro- may also be on penalties and is pretty much plays as like a front man but sort of drifts out wide so Johnson at some who I think is popular but I wouldn't be surprised if Wilson actually ends up being the best one um, he, he was good when he was with Bournemouth in the Premier League as well really um he's got ridiculous set pieces so yeah i kind of like that i think maybe starting with johnson seeing how he goes then maybe moving to a a wilson later um kind of appeals and billing could end up being just a second striker so just one to throw in there as well and lewis potter probably out of all of them has got the most potential with brentford you'd argue a finish higher than all those other teams and if he's if he's you know a fixed member of that front three then um, he'll offer value because Wieser as well is around this price and he looks fairly appealing as well. So definitely a nice price bracket. I'd also chuck Basuma in there. I'm not sure what his fitness state is, but he's 7.5 million. So where we've got all these guys where they could potentially score quite well, they could obviously throw in two pointers. Whereas Basuma, presuming he can keep his fitness and he's in their first choice, you'd like to think that similar to Hoiberg and stuff in the Spurs centre midfield, generally those players can pick up tackles, passes, and he has got a bit of an attacking threat. He's got so much potential, this guy, but whether he actually sees it in real life or sees it in fantasy, it's slightly up for debate. But it does seem a decent price, that Basuma. So, he um, could become a factor at some point for us. Rashford at 8.1 is obviously the talk of the town in FPL world. Um, what is there to say there, Um it's simply, it's too cheap a price for a front three player who can score 15 to 20 goals or as shown as he can in the past. I know he had penalties mixed in there as well when he's done it. Um, he could end up being the striker, I suppose, if they don't sign anyone. Ronaldo goes, Martial does his usual sulk or gets injured. Uh, but even so, it's probably better in the left wing spot. Um, I won't be going there, but it, I just it's to highlight that that price is probably you know going to draw everyone's attention if he does start scoring quite early on Um, and it's not particularly high risk I mean you've got players that are a lot more expensive than Rashford that I would say are in a similar bracket in terms of like you know could just be a rubbish pick or could end up scoring 15 goals but they're all sort of a lot more expensive and I think Rashford as a result is relatively interesting won't be going there myself but I can understand that people do Um, Bruno Grimere 83 yeah, he's uh he's very interesting. He basically picked up points in, I think it's nearly every game that he played when he came last season. Um, combination of, you know, some jammy goals occasionally, some good goals, some assists, some tackles. You know, he's one of those all-rounder centre midfielders, it seems. You can't be sure if you'll play DM, centre midfield, just as a number 10, it might depend on the fixture. Um, it might be one where we've been sold a dream and he doesn't end up being as good because I, c- I can't believe that anyone would return nearly every single week but it does look a nice price for him at this stage uh, and for what he achieved so I do think he will be quite popular when the fixtures are okay he strikes me as that almost like a Ward-Prowse where you just, you'd just you pick him and you'd just leave him in and he'll just keep ticking over Ward-Prowse is only like 0.4 or five more expensive than him um, and obviously has the added benefit of having well, the best free kicks going um, and penalties. So can Bruno for 0.5 less matches bonus, but then also throwing open play goals to match it. Mm, not sure, not sure. But those two could be your guys that you just kind of leave in centre midfield, right? If you can, if your structure's worked out that way, um, and you're not happy to spend it on the super cheap ones, or maybe you have one of the super cheap ones, and then you have like a mid one like that. I'd, I'd class that as almost mid price. Um, with the amount I generally want to spend because the rest of the money goes right to the top for me Um, and just one other one to highlight is Grealish at 8.6 again it's expected minutes similar to the Rashford thing I guess I don't think he could hit 15-20 goals I don't think that's in his game but could he get assist numbers that are extremely high could he add a lot more goals to his game yeah he could Um, it's too cheap a price for a starting front free Man City player it's just whether he starts right so um, not for now Maybe never, because maybe Pep will just do his thing and rotate them. But he's a lot cheaper than some of the other guys, um, like Foden's 9.2. I suppose it's not that much cheaper, but they're quite cheap as well. Um, so, yeah, he's um, he's one to look out for, I guess. Aside from that, in the midfield area, it does feel like that area where you, you probably are going to want to go quite cheap generally. Um, and then you've obviously got the likes of De Bruyne, Sun, Salah, um, you know, Diaz, Sterling, Bowen, Saka, you know, all these top guys I don't need to talk about that you want to fit in as well at some point, probably. Um, It's tricky. It's tricky, the balance there. I don't want to talk too much about that. don't want to give too much away either about what I plan to do. Not that people will be following me, but, um, yeah, I didn't want to talk about all these other guys that aren't, um, which which are obvious, I should say. Right, let's move on to forwards. Sorry, my daughter was distracting me at the end, and I'm now having to uh, do this in segments. So, if you're wondering if I'm just talking aimless shit, I am, but also I've got an excuse. Right, let's go to... Yeah, starting at the bottom for forwards. And we'll start off with what I think is a crazy price, to be honest. Mateta is £6.7 Now, of all the players I've mentioned so far, only Palina and Gibbs-White are actually cheaper than that price. Out of all the ones that I've highlighted for my defence midfield, aside from goalkeepers... Um... And considering strikers are generally woeful and they've moved a lot of the good strikers to now midfielders, is that now not just the best budget enabler option? I mean, if we... I know he in Sky you want to get nailed picks and he gets subbed a lot and you can't be sure he's going to start. But when you compare it to the other budget options and let's say last season repeated itself in terms of when he made his way into the team, he generally actually started nearly all the games. Missed the odd one and yeah, when he occasionally came up to 60, but he also did pretty good. Yeah, if that's going to repeat again, there is no way he should be 6.7 million. So we would have to be quite significantly worse from the point I'm talking if you only took that period from when he actually forced his way into the team to not be worth value here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's the, the fixtures are not great to start the season. So I don't think you necessarily need to go there to begin with. But if you are looking for an enabler and you can tolerate those. 60 minutes, and the, every now and then, I don't think it's the worst. He does get quite a lot of shots, generates a decent amount of XG. You know, if he's getting two four pointers occasionally, and occasionally, um, you know, with man of the match removed as well, when you've got likes of Zaha and stuff stealing off of him or other people, just seems like a decent, it seems that that seems way too cheap to me. Um, yeah, there's there's every chance he just doesn't play, right? That's what I suppose. But I think you guys will probably agree that it's too cheap a price. The nice thing about it is that means we've probably got a budget and up front where we could always maybe go to um, at some point in the season. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's kind of thinking there. And I actually like the striker cheap price in general. I think every single season this spot is underestimated. And a lot of the time that has been because we've had to pick, basically, Salah as a striker. And Kane, and then we've had the likes of like the other big people have come in, you know, you've had Lukaku, Ronaldo, you've wanted to have your money there so you can jump on whatever the best captain is. And then there's only three spots you can have as a maximum there. And sometimes a lot of the formations do only let you have two. So we just ignore the cheap forward. But every single season a cheap forward does very, very well and off and a lot of them offer value. You know, you had um Dennis, you had Pukki, yeah, you you've had Tony, you know, all of these guys, and that was just like last season. I mean, going back seasons and seasons, you've had Jimenez and many others that these cheap prices have ended up being value Mateta looks like he's going to be value to me and an obvious enabler potentially at some point Noi, 7 million Tayo Awanoi that Forrest have signed got very good numbers from where he's come from in Germany um, I mean, will that translate to the Premier League obviously debatable but 7 million if he hits 10 goals Looks pretty good. Price looks pretty good. Are we to, Are we gonna? Is it better to use our budget enablers in striking position now? I think there's an argument for it. I think outside Harland and Kane, at the very top end, there's not too many that jump out. Yes, there's all these guys like you know, Vardy, maybe Nunes, Antonio, you know, that you might want for certain periods occasionally. But you know, would you keep them season long? probably not Um, there's some doubts around Haaland already with his injuries, with Kane maybe you could have Son instead I don't think there's like a, a, you know it's a terrible idea to have like a a really cheap strike force in general even if you have two quite cheap ones and then focus on your your defenders basically or having Son and Salah in midfield or whatever you want I think there is an argument for it, it is good equally I like the argument of having Kane in your team or because he's the most expensive, and then you can just swap him to any anyone you like at any point. I do like that as well. Um but there's a number of the cheaper strikers that I think one of these guys is gonna is gonna do well. And I think nearly all of them will probably be value. One of them will just be crazy good. Um Undav is seven point three million. You know, he's um a bit of an unknown quantity, but again, good good numbers, good goal scoring where he's from. We saw at the back end of last season Danny Welbeck turned into Pele for Brighton. Um, if Undav is a better goal scorer than him can it not happen for him potentially not one to start with but again another option as we is, uh, like I said right at the start you know sometimes the problem with these cheap players is you've got nowhere to go if it goes wrong it seems like a lot of them that are around that price Solanke 6, 7.3 um, you know how many goals Bournemouth are going to score is questionable but if they are going to score it's probably going to be him I think he was responsible for something like 50% of his team's XG last season so they're going to need him to score. He's on penalties. Is he going to be valued at 7.3? It's hard to see that he won't be. Um, Mitrovic, 7.7. Same. Bad games, but it's hard not to see him being valued. People banter him, but when he's been in the Premier League he has and played, he's generally done well. And then you've got Wilson at 7.9. That feels a little bit too cheap there as well. Um, that's probably based on the fact that he always gets injured or they thought he might replace him, but that seems pretty, too, pretty cheap to me. So if you were to have... You know, we'll forget you know, if you have an expensive striker or not. That's it depends on your structure, but I think having like a Wilson or a Mitrovic or at least the money for a Wilson or a Mitrovic, because you don't have to start with them, is good. And then there's a number of those options to go, go to. That, and I think quite a lot of them will be reasonable. Um, I think you could also just throw a Mateta in there if you had, a, if you had a front three. You could have just Mateta as your neighbour. He leave, leave all season. Um so yeah a lot a lot of decent ch- cheap strikers I think when you compare them to the other options in midfield and and defence it's a lot closer you know I like I prefer the likes of the 7.5 for Fafana and the Romero at 7.8 in defence than a lot of those guys but um when you compare it to the midfield options yes there's those 7.2 ones like Wilson and stuff they could do fine but I think like the strikers are quite safe you know I would expect Mitrovic Solanke... Awanui, so probably all hit ten goals and maybe could hit more. Presuming, assuming they are their star, you know, striker that plays for all the season. Yeah, three for four. Anyway, um, Martial eight point one is just one I'll chuck in. they already mentioned him starting in pre-season up front for Man United. I don't buy that it will last with him, but that's also an, a too cheaper price. If he if he just was, you know, he sold Ronaldo, we didn't buy another striker, and he said he was committed and he you know he managed to stay fit. It would be too cheap, wouldn't it? So, um, one to look out for, um, as well. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Um, I think that's it. Like I say, there's loads of good options I haven't mentioned, and there's certainly good options at the top ends that I haven't mentioned. But really, these ones that I have spoke about have to help facilitate those guys. I still really like a stacked defence if I can help it. I still think the likes of Cancelo, Van Dijk, you know, the Chelsea boys. Um, Trent, Diaz, Laporte you you often end up compensating in these areas to afford other things because you feel like you need the attacking players but in reality those defenders will end up being the best players so I think that's always important to bear in mind I think you can make a decent team like I have where I have Kane up front um, with a cheap striker I have Salah in midfield with um, some sort of more budget midfielders enablers and I've got Cancelo at the back in amongst in a in a mixed sort of expensive and sort of budget ones defenders as well, and that gives you that little bit of flexibility where you've got the most expensive player in each position. So not that I particularly want to be removing Salah and Cancelo when you have fifty transfers and there's not going to be as many double game weeks and stuff. Does it make sense for on the weekends where you know you've got, for example, um, Liverpool play Saturday, Man City play Sunday? And then Man City play Saturday the next week and Liverpool play Sunday. Could you therefore remove Cancelo or whatever for Trent for two games? So basically you're getting a two for one on your transfers every time between these top players. Um, trying to highlight those opportunities where, yeah, in the past it would have been tricky to justify using a transfer um, just to gain two, two games for your one, when even when you're not captaining them when you've got 50 there's only 38 weeks and there's less games to do it maybe there's more of a, an appeal to do so you can't fit in all the, all the premiums like you literally I can't make a team that I'm happy with where you know I've got Salah I've got Sun I've got Haaland I've got Cancelo I've got um, Van Dijk and I'm happy with the rest of the picks you know I found it too difficult there's too much I ended up picking too many of either the budget ones or ones I just weren't happy we were going to play minutes So I think you had to limit it down To two sort of premiums One premium in the mid, one premium in the forward If you do want to go that way And then just try and stuff the defence So yeah, long way to go I hope you enjoyed the pod guys I realise I'm rambling now so I'm just going to end it Um, If you could share amongst the Sky community I'd be appreciative Um, Yeah, good luck for the season You can always DM me about your teams and thoughts If you want Um, I'm looking forward to this year, I really am I always get excited in the preseason, but this year in particular, it just feels a little bit different. So, um, yeah, can't wait to get started. Uh, see you guys. Thanks for listening.